You're listening to the Unhelded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths. Each week, we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media, and we analyze these events. Just as in Jesus' day, Pharisees still walk the earth. Among them today are the celebrity Christians who support wars in the Middle East to protect Israel. In our Pharisee Watch portion of the program, we feature stories about the unchristlike acts of these modern-day Pharisees. Our programs are led by Charles E. Carlson, the founder of We Hold These Truths, and author and editor of the Pharisee Watch, and unheralded news features on our website, whtt.org. Joining Chuck are four other founders of We Hold These Truths, Travis Steele is the owner of Steele Engineering. Mark Horton is the president of Ultra Clean Corporation. Chuck McCollum is the owner of Oakshade Development. And Tom Compton is a retired sales engineer and your announcer. Our reader is We Hold These Truths faithful volunteer and dramatist Leslie Ford. Welcome to our podcast. In today's podcast for Unheralded News and Pharisee Watch, we're going to be talking about the vigil we had recently in Arvada, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver. We had the piece last week by Rob Prince, professor at Denver University and the new leader of the Jewish Voice for Peace, the Front Range Jewish Voice for Peace group in the Denver area that joined in with the We Hold These Truths Project Straight Gate Vigil. And we're going to be discussing a piece by Chuck Carlson. It's entitled Face-to-Face with Angry Evangelicals and Jewish Zionists at, quote, A Night to Honor Israel in Arvada, Colorado. And we're also going to cover another piece by a Reverend Alex Awad, who is a Palestinian Christian pastor. He's the pastor of the East Jerusalem Baptist Church in East Jerusalem, West Bank. And it's interesting to see because he's the brunt, the the evangelical Christians who are diminishing in numbers there uh, in Palestine, in Israel. He has some interesting perspectives we want to talk about. And we also want to be introducing a new concept or ask the question, are these evangelical Christians that have these Christian Zionists, are they actually, do they constitute a cult? And we'll talk about that. What is a cult and what are some of the ramifications? Leslie, would you read the piece for us tonight? Face-to-face with angry evangelicals and Jewish Zionists at a Night to Honor Israel, Arvada, Colorado, by Charles E. Carlson, October 24, 2011. Zionists from three or more religious groups converged at John Hagee's Night to Honor Israel in Arvada, Colorado, Sunday, October 16, 2011. We say from because when one becomes a Zionist, He leaves behind whatever God-driven faith he may have had before. At Faith Bible Chapel, Colorado, we met many quote-unquote Christian and quote-unquote Jewish Zionists. One man claimed to be a Muslim for Israel and against Palestine. 
We even met a few Christ followers whom we tried to convince did not belong there. This vigil for peace with justice was by far our most broadly supported vigil in over eight years at over 70 American churches. We are grateful for the co-sponsorship of other pro-peace and pro-Palestinian organizations, as well as the continuing support of our friends from past vigils. This was our second outing at Faith Bible Chapel, a true mega church at Arvada, Colorado. As always, the vigil was quiet and safe, but highly exciting in its conflicts. The churches usually employ private, off-duty police officers who they can count on to protect Zionist interests. We make sure there is a city police presence for our protection. We protested for two and a half hours at the open house that preceded the nighttime pep rally for Israel, conducted by John Hagee and a rabbi from South Africa. We left at dark. Angry evangelicals as WHTT's Tom Compton has dubbed churchgoers who become Zionists were never more hostile. Hostile, we think, because Project Straightgate correctly labels them as a cult. It challenges the scriptural core of their belief system, which has been corrupted by their leaders. We tell them when we have a chance, they are every bit as much a cult as the Jonestown cult many of whose misled members died in 1978. The many self-identified Jews in attendance were even more vociferous in their outrage. Perhaps they recognize that we are exposing the unchristian nature of their war-making for Israel. Where at our previous Hagee vigils they ignored us or treated us with confident contempt, This time, a number stopped on the way in or out of the Hagee open house to argue, proclaiming how uninformed we were. Front Range Jewish Voice for Peace, a co-sponsor of our vigil, seemed to anger the Zionists present the most. Dr. Rob Prince has written a fine account of the vigil from his viewpoint. He caught flack with his banner, not in our name, that made it all too clear they did not endorse what was going on inside. It also surprised and made a strong impression on confused Christians, some of whom learned for the first time that not all Jews support Hagee's war-making, his endorsement of the theft of Palestinian land, and the occupation of four million people. Friends of Sabeel was also a co-sponsor, and their volunteers concentrated on Israel's victimization and occupation of Palestine. The participants on our side could not have been better informed or more professional. Beth Dowd's Colorado calendar of events also helped gather the impressive team. Attendees and the passing crowd walking by us from parking lots to church could not overlook the big yellow and black signs containing messages challenging the Christians present to re-examine their behavior. Blessed are the peacemakers. 
Who would Jesus bomb? Choose life, not war. Also, a bloody cross with the only word, Palestine. Apostate church, Christ followers must not kill. Many pretended not to see us, but a small steady stream of hostile or curious onlookers came by to put up an argument. A few asked for details. As straight gate teams have learned, our bland-sounding messages hit a nerve because they convey scriptural reminders that challenge Zionist Christianity. Hardline Zionists are easy to identify from their opening words. Many regurgitate a common secular anti-Palestinian line upon command that is usually replete with erroneous secular conclusions such as, quote, the Israelis were there first, unquote, or, quote, the Palestinians are the aggressors and Israel has the right to defend itself, unquote. They rarely ask questions and never use Jesus' words in their arguments. We have learned that Zionism is a political movement and a business for Mr. Hagee and Israelis. Christian Zionism is more like a mental disease. A full-blown case leaves almost no room for debate with logic or facts. Our co-sponsors present arguments based on clear facts about the Palestinian situation, while Project Straightgate attempts to deal with the Christian hypocrisy manifested because Christian Zionists act in a very unchristlike way in their treatment of the Palestinians and often in their response to us. We focus on this paradox in support of Israeli brutality, i.e., who would Jesus bomb? We encouraged our volunteers not to waste more time than it takes to detect these intransient hardcore cases, usually older people. This is a hard rule for us to follow because it is tempting to be caught up in long debates, always a waste of time. It's probably good advice for demonstrators at any church to save their valuable time for those under 30, less than half my age, unless older people clearly desire to learn and not to lecture you. A majority of those who stopped to listen were under 20. Many youths and a number of younger adults took literature that presented our views, including our letter to Pastor George Morrison. Encouragement from youth, two Denver University students were doing research for a term paper for the School of International Studies. They were an open book. A pair of high school girls, possibly one from uh, the Christian schools that promoted the event, were there to do a report for a high school paper. They were interested in the origin of Christian Zionism and they were shocked to learn it was not an old established branch of Protestant Christianity. Another 18-year-old girl, a member of the Faith Bible Chapel congregation, was especially interested to learn how Christian Zionist pastors usually put Israel ahead of Jesus. She stayed a while, taking pieces of all our literature. 
two preteen girls returned to a volunteer named Onita three or four times with new questions about Hagi and about war, which they feared. Onita said they were quite adult and logical. We urged attendees to listen to the meeting critically and count the few, if any, times Hagee mentions the name of Jesus, then compare to the many times he references political Israel as holy or godly. We know from experience that the ratio is about 1 to 100. I detect a growing concern among attendees who I overheard that Zionism is being exposed and discredited, resulting in growing hostility toward us. This is no surprise if we examine recent writings by professional propagandists who promoted this cult in Israel's interest. David Horowitz, publisher of Front Page, is a hitman for the Anti-Defamation League. I know because I am one he has hit on. In a new fundraising letter entitled Critical Deadline in Defense of Israel, Horowitz writes, quote, Dear fellow conservative, a new and different kind of war is being waged against Israel. The war for Israel's survival is being fought. In the pages of history books now being written, and in lectures now being given in college classrooms around the country where the existence of a historical Jewish presence in the Middle East is subjected to denial and erasure. Pro-Palestinian academics and intellectuals, in collaboration with Arab politicians, are denying evidence of all things Jewish in the land of Israel and filling in the blanks they create with a fictitious narrative of the ancient, quote, Palestinian people, unquote, who controlled the land of Canaan, unquote. Most likely Horowitz is talking about writers that might include me in our action organizations. We have indeed challenged the claims of a historical connection between the tribe of Abraham 3,000 years ago and the political state of Israel today. We have shown that Israel's land rights claim to the, quote, land of the Philistines, unquote, results only from Christian Zionism's alterations of the Old Testament books by which they have cast God into the role of a real estate agent passing out perpetual title to the Middle East. Israel knows it needs the support of Christian Zionists to preserve its power in the U.S. To that end, Horowitz's front page has attacked this writer more than once, calling me a, quote, anti-Semite, unquote, for my 10 years of challenging Christian Zionism. When researchers Google my name, they are led to Horowitz's attack on me before finding my own writings about Christian Zionism. Horowitz may have received his cue from Rabbi Abraham Cooper, who wrote a piece for the Jerusalem Post stating, quote, Some Christian theologians are seeking to destroy Israel from above. They cast Israel as a theological mistake, conceived in the sin of the last gasp of Western colonialism. 
unquote. According to Cooper, quote, the center of the Protestant theological war against Israel is the Geneva-based World Council of Churches, unquote. Rabbi Cooper is talking about mainline Protestant churches founded on the labor of Luther, Calvin, Wesley, Knox, and others, the Reformers, who are the dominant members of the World Council of Churches. Yes, indeed, while John Hagee rushes from one to another night to honor Israel, the slumbering mainline churches are beginning to yawn and wake up to the bloody-handed Zionist cult that has outgrown them, and some are talking about it. Rabbi Cooper and Horowitz are correct. The traditional Protestant churches are plenty large and influential enough to constitute a fatal threat to Christian Zionism. If the churches founded on the teaching of Reformers reawaken and expose it to their members, all will be over for Israel's broad grassroots support in the USA. Both the World Council of Churches and the National Council of Churches have begun to take notice of this cult religion spreading apostasy and ungodly war-making. Perhaps the day is coming when these congregations will join our vigils. We were pleased to have one Lutheran pastor standing with us at a night to honor Israel, and that is a start. What was said inside Faith Bible Chapel after we left at sundown, we suspect the program was much the same as many we have monitored, demanding war against Iran, condemning the Palestinians, and raising big money for Israel and John Hagee. Blogger Adam reported in detail at the May 23, 2010 Night to Honor Israel at Mac Hammond's Living Word Christian Center in Minneapolis, quote, All night long, the only verses referenced or quoted were from the Old Testament. This was no surprise to me, for the New Testament has much to say in direct response to the many false doctrines of Christian Zionism. He continued, The saddest part of the evening occurred when Somerville, pastor filling in for Hagee, turned the microphone over to a Jewish community leader, a rabbi, who was clearly not a follower of Christ. This man, who didn't hear a trace of the gospel that evening, emphasized the common ground between Jewish Zionists and Christian Zionists, much to the delight of the crowd. It only got worse when he proceeded to define what a, quote, righteous Christian, unquote, is. One who, one, does what is right regarding the nation of Israel and the Jewish people, two, rejects, quote, replacement theology, unquote, and three, believes that all the promises God gave to Abraham apply today to his physical descendants, the Jewish race. This rabbi did us the favor of correctly defining what a Christian Zionist is, 
and it is not Christianity because Jesus is left outside. It is time to expose Christian Zionism as a war cult and explain to the entire Christian community that there is not a grain of Christ following inside a knight to honor Israel or inside any church that follows John Hagee's program. It is a slow process recovering a nation one person at a time. Much more likely, we think, if we reclaim it one abusive church at a time. At the very root of the war problem are churches that will not stand for peace. We suggest you and a friend start a Project Straight Gate in your city. We will show you how, and if possible, join in the fun of it. Great. Thank you very much, Chuck. That was very good, very insightful of what's going on here, and very, very hard-hitting, I think. And the your comments about a cult, let's talk about that a little bit. What is a cult? We always... Now it's a kind of a negative connotation, somebody that has an aberrant belief system. Right. Or a brainwashed uh, system. Brainwashing, yes. Yes, good word. Ritualistic practices that are considered bizarre or abnormal. This is, uh, this is sort of the Wikipedia modern description of a cult. In other words, it wouldn't be a normal quiet uh, church, but the truth is if you go back to uh, the traditional definitions, churches were commonly referred to as cults. The, the denominations were sometimes called cults, like the Lutheran cult and the, and the Presbyterian cult, though I don't remember hearing that. The, uh, the old dictionaries suggest that cult was not really a, a bizarre word, but it has been made into something outrageous, really. And that primarily has come out, come about in in recent years, during the growth of evangelicalism, or uh, especially angry evangelicalism, been associated with the Mormon Church, the Seventh Day Adventists, the Jehovah Witnesses, and then of course we have the the crazy cults like the Jonestown cult, where everyone committed suicide with cyanide. The evangelical churches have sort of redefined the word cult, and uh, what they essentially and looking back, what they essentially said is the way you can detect a cult or you can tell that, that some group is an occult, in their opinion, and, and we're talking about the people that we are now saying is a cult or are themselves a cult, one of the definitions they used is if a Christian group used another book in addition to the Bible. In other words, if they interjected something out of some man's writing into the Bible, and of course, evangelicals, early evangelicals, most of them contended that every word in the Bible was true, so it didn't need to have any any other defining books used. And that that uh, so this now, as you look at the Book of Mormons, of course, this fits Mormons because they have the Book of Mormon that they say is in addition to the Bible, and the Seventh Day Adventist. I don't know much about what they use, but the Jehovah Witnesses have something that they also have written, which they have added to the Bible. And so all these groups, these late groups, were referred to by the evangelicals as cults. So when you say cults, you're talking about something that is a very inflammatory word to an evangelical because they're the ones who sort of invented the modern use of the word. 
I think it's time to turn the tables and simply tell them they're a cult. And uh, some of our people, because of the large number of people that stopped and the, and the, and the, and the so many, many frequent arguments, you could just have as many discussions as you wanted at this vigil because uh, there were so many people streaming by us and, and they were ready, willing, and able to, to, to take up the, the sword if you wanted to challenge them. And so, so some of our people, including Onita Carlson, started referring to them, telling them that they were they are a cult. And it did have an impact. It did seem to register on them. So this is why I use the word cult in referring to Christian Zionism. I think it is a cult. Now, how is it a cult? I would say that one way, one thing that makes it a cult by the evangelicals' own definition is that they reworked the Bibles and relied upon Bibles that were rewritten, including, of course, the original Schofield Reference Bible, which is still very much a part of the teachings and the teaching mechanism of evangelicalism. Think about it. You know, your definition, Chuck, of having a, another book uh, as uh, evidence other than the Bible, well, this is clever because this is a, another book that's hidden in a Bible in the King James Version, that uh, so they've created a different paradigm, if you will, by putting this built into the <laughs> into the Bible itself. So that's pretty clever, actually. Yes, it is. And of course, then there's the idea of these charismatic leaders who sort of who sort of make a law as they go, like John Hagee, who is making war a part of evangelical Christianity. It essentially is part of the framework of what they they teach right at the door, as Adam discussed in his paper. There is a constant and open call for war. So it's not only a cult, but it's a war cult led by a man. In the case of Night Dawn or Israel, of course, it's obvious who the man is. Well, I think the fact that it is a cult and an aberration of on Christianity is further explained very well we mentioned at the beginning of our program Reverend Alex Awad, who is the pastor of the East Jerusalem Baptist Church in Jerusalem, East Jerusalem, West Bank, Israel. And he has a paper here. It's entitled Palestinian Christians in the Shadow of Christian Zionism. And it's very interesting because he's on the reciprocating end of the uh, of this belief of these Christian Zionists who... Now, I'd like just to read a few things from a, this piece. This is a presentation. Uh, he's reflecting on his personal experiences to demonstrate the impact of Christian Zionism on Palestinian Christians and the Church of the Holy Land. And he highlights three illustrations. First is John Hagee, a well-known evangelical leader from the United States, said recently, and I quote, quote, the United States must join Israel in a preemptive military strike against Iran to fulfill God's plan for both Israel and the West. A biblically prophesied end-time confrontation with Iran, which will lead to the rapture, tribulation, and sucking coming of Christ, unquote. That's quite a quote, isn't it? Um, yes, it is. And it, it, it's quite amazing. Now, his second point, quote, one Sunday afternoon in July 2000, many members and pastors of local evangelical congregations from the Palestinian territories and the Arab East Jerusalem had gathered at the Bethlehem Hotel in Bethlehem in order to celebrate the formation of a new council. 
An American woman who was present at the meeting approached one of the pastors and asked permission to say a few words to the assembly. The pastor, desiring to show courtesy to the unknown guest, asked the MC, likewise a Palestinian pastor, if the lady could say her few words. The moderator, totally unaware what the woman might say, nonetheless agreed to let her talk. When the lady took the microphone, neither I nor the others present could believe the words that came out of her mouth. She declared to the Palestinian evangelical Christians assembled that she had, quote, a word from the Lord, unquote, for them. God, she said, quote, unquote, wanted them to, quote, leave Israel and go to other Arab countries, unquote. She added that they must leave to make room for God's chosen people, the Jews. Moreover, she warned the pastors and the audience that if they did not listen to the instructions which God had given through her, God would pour out his wrath on them. As soon as the lady's outrageous agenda became clear, one of the pastors came and whisked her away from the pulpit, but not before she had delivered to the whole assembly a dose of what many Palestinians regard as Christian Zionist propaganda." That's quite a revealing piece there. But, uh, Tom, I think this this reveals the whole idea of angry evangelicalism. It does. uh, Abhorrent behavior, because, of course, it's unimaginable the impact it has, the the frustration it would have on people who are told they they need to leave their homes and God doesn't want them to be in their house in the land where they were born. A normal person... Uh, I don't think would ever do something like that. There's, it's too mean. It's just too ornery a thing to do. Yeah. Who, who would who would do something to that? To, uh, who would be a guest in someone else's country and do something that like that? And yeah, that, that outrageous. Yes. How, and how outrageous? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. Well, that's right. How unChristlike can you get? Uh, yeah. Down on uh, Reverend Awad's uh, uh, piece here. He gives a definition of Christian Zionism, and it's exactly what we've been saying. His his definition is Christian Zionism is a movement within the church that supported and continues to shore up political, economic, and military assistance to the state of Israel on the basis of the belief that the current state of Israel is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Christian Zionists also believe that by supporting the state of Israel, they carry favor with God, and they speed up the second coming of Christ. And he does throw a, a, a caveat here. I wish to clarify that while one may find more Christian Zionists among evangelicals, Christian Zionism has spread her tentacles through various media outlets to many Christians in the U.S. and elsewhere in the world, even among denominations that do not classify themselves as evangelicals. I want to clarify that while many Christians hold to aspects of Christian Zionism, most evangelical Christians would not wish to be labeled as Christian Zionist, and if one would ask them the question, are you a Christian Zionist, quote-unquote, they wouldn't know what one was talking about. And we know that is a fact. That It really is. And that's one of the reasons we've reached out for another way to describe them, this angry evangelicalism certainly is applicable because I'll use one last uh, item from him. My first significant, he, he talks about dispensationalism, which is a belief held by many Christian Zionists. 
And uh, all dispensationalists, as we've said before, are not necessarily Christian Zionists, and they aren't as dogmatic or cultish as this, just as a uh, caveat he gave up above. But he was a student in his own denomination, Bible College in Switzerland, back in 1967. And this was at the time of the war between Israel and the Arabs there, where Israel took over the West Bank and the Golan Heights and Gaza. And what he says right here, what was amazing to him, what concerned me and infuriated me and another Arab Christian student from Syria who also attended the same college is that our professor and our colleagues were excited at the end of the war because Israel defeated three Arab nations and seized the West Bank from Jordan, the Golan Heights from Syria and the Gaza Strip and the Sinai Peninsula from Egypt. Their exhilaration was due to their belief that God miraculously stood with Israel and helped Israel in order to fulfill biblical prophecies and to speed up the return of Jesus. The victory of Israel over three Arab nations was also a confirmation for them that the theories we are studying in class were true. While my friend and I were grieving the death and the destruction that the bloody war caused on many innocent people, our friends were celebrating that they thought was a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And he goes on there. It's wow. clear that he was, he was in an evangelical college a long time ago. And that yes. was in, did he say, Switzerland? And, of course... It's Switzerland, yes. Baptist idea because, of course, the Southern Baptist Convention has been dispensational from the start and is a leader in the, causing the Christian Zionist phenomenon. It reminds me of Grace Housel's book, uh, Forcing God's Hand, that she wrote 10 years ago before she died. Yes. Of course, she was not a Palestinian, but she spent time over there in yes. Israel and so forth. But this to come from a Palestinian, we don't hear that. No. We never hear that, not in the evangelical churches. It's kind of whispered, maybe. Well, I think this is a great uh, awakening that's going on, and uh, stories like this are terrific. So then, are we right? Is it appropriate to simply state that angry evangelicalism is indeed, uh, as Mr. Awad defined it, the belief that Israel is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy, that that constitutes a cult and is an abandonment of Christianity and the taking up of another rogue religion. That's true. The people in the cult don't recognize it, just as it's easy for somebody that's not in that particular cult to uh, cast fingers and so forth and dispersion. I think one of the characteristics of cults is that they try very hard to pull each other in to keep them in that circle of cultish viewpoint. and they all get away from following what Jesus had to, to tell us to do. I mean, the, his commands. It's, as I said, the uh, intellect overshadows the love for Jesus, or it certainly hides it or covers it up and distorts what Jesus taught us, because what he taught us is not that difficult. It's that man makes it so so difficult, I think. And, and Jesus is was a spiritual kingdom he was talking about, yes. not a physical one. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. And John Hagee is, of course, dispensing spiritual pink Kool-Aid. Oh. <laughs> I think you're right. Ab- yes. Absolutely. Spiritual yeah. pink Kool-Aid. Amen. Not all of the dispensationalists believe this, but uh, John Hagee certainly said it, that there's a separate path to heaven for the Jews, and that 
totally contradicts Jesus as I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. No one goes to the Father but through me. Right, and that's uh, truly a racist uh, comment because... As Paul said, there are neither Jew nor Greek. We are all in Jesus Christ. So anyone that is uh, a follower of Jesus Christ becomes a chosen person, and they are the chosen people of God in today's world that we live in. So in our new rules of engagement, which we're going to be publishing for the benefit of people that are doing vigils, we're going to suggest strongly suggest that if a person is over 40 or 50, that you give them about 15 seconds, and if they don't indicate a real interest in talking to you, that you politely invite them to go on inside and and have fun with the Hagee people in the uh, work called Inside and look for somebody under 20 to talk to. Okay, well, that wraps up our report for tonight. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast, and please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.